I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome on Partially Excited. We got Bronac Lions. This lady is amazing, uh, and she is part of the Epic Heart Club that Carly that we had on there a few weeks ago. They're connected and. I can't wait to chat with Bruna because she's got some amazing stuff as well as Carl. So hello and welcome to the show, Bruna. How are you doing today? Hi, Aaron. So good. Thanks so much for having me today. I absolutely loved listening to your interview with Carl. You know, I just think it's such a natural way of interviewing and just having a conversation more so than an interview. Um, and just how the topics flew like through each other and stuff like that. It was just amazing. So I'm super excited to be here today with you. Oh, cool. I hear that's a Dublin accent. Are you originally from Dublin? <laughs> I'm actually, um, I'm kind of a hybrid. So... I was born in Dublin, lived here till I was five, then went down to Leash to a tiny little village. Um, and only, I think it was 800 people or something, tiny little primary school in it. Kind of grew up there and then came back up to Dublin then when I was going to university and I've been here since. So yeah, I'm a bit of a, a cross between both. And what was it like growing up in that place at that time? Yeah, it was cool. Um, so my dad is originally from Dublin um, and my mom is originally from Leash. So I was always kind of like up and down between the two, regardless where I was living. So it was really nice because down in Leash, a tiny little village called Cullahill, it's on the Kilkenny border and very, very different to the experience I obviously had up in Dublin. And, you know, I was always going up to Dublin to see family and stuff like that. So it was great to be able to compare city life to like rural little village and stuff like that and kind of really opened my eyes up to, you know, different opportunities and stuff like the people that would have been from that village, like a lot of them would never have left the country never like would have really even traveled much outside the village it was very much kind of like people from the same families kind of just built houses on their own land so like it's very kind of communal and stuff so being able to like have that experience growing up as well as the city life as well has been amazing for me yeah yeah it's great to have that balance between country living and city living yeah. at the time you know 
Definitely. I think though my accent changes depends on depending on who I'm talking to. Like if I cross the border down Sleesh, I definitely get a bit more of a vulgar accent for sure. So <laughs> just depends who I'm talking to. It's funny the same. I spent uh, six years in, in Austin, Texas, and when I go to America, my whole language changes. And yeah. I speak, when I come back to Ireland, I speak normal, and people's like, are you Irish or not? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think so. That just kind of is a sign of like empathy as well. Like you're kind of mirroring um, subconsciously the areas that you're in and stuff like that. So I don't know. I see it as, as a good sign. What kind of hobbies were you doing at the time? So I used to always love like singing and stuff like that. So growing up, like anything in school to do with like choir or, you know, anything like the school play and stuff like that. I was always into all that. I was always like really shy, but I also always really enjoyed at the same time. So it was kind of this weird mix of like really wanting to be like the star of the show, but also being absolutely petrified at the same time. Um, that was a big one for me and just really kind of like being around friends and stuff like that like I was a big kind of people person and always just wanting to like have my close relationships with my friends and just kind of spend as much time with them as possible and, and all that sort of good stuff and um, when I was like really small it was nice growing up in the countryside because like you could literally just go and roam the fields and, and the hay bales and all that sort of stuff so we just had great crack uh, going around doing all that mad stuff so yeah it was very very kind of idyllic simplistic growing up like uh, very like very much so, so influenced by like American TV shows and stuff like that you see all the young girls and they've got like their little sleepover clothes and stuff like that and I wanted to be like them <laughs> probably why I pushed myself in choirs and school plays and stuff like that you always see that on American TV so yeah that's very simple yeah it's interesting you know like right now we live a quite complex life but back then it was so simple you know so simple yeah it was just a completely different and even back then like you know it's where I was ancient now but like back then it was even just safer to be able to just go off and just roam as a kid like you know and just do all this sort of stuff whereas now it's nearly like you'd be nearly afraid for your child to leave the garden like you know in case something would happen whereas back then like we would be gone all day and there was no mobile phones there was no nothing like you know it was just like you were just gone and um, you just came home whenever like you know so very different uh, life but again really nice to be able to compare that to you know life up in Dublin where just all go 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 and completely different and a lot more people and you know shops and even like down where I was there was no like public transport or anything like that so you know you were walking to school or you had to get like a lift everywhere like you know if you wanted to go to see your friend that was in another town it had to depend on could you get a lift there like or taxis and stuff like that so very different to being up in Dublin where everything's on your doorstep you know I know and probably being it has called she you kind of realize that hey I get to roam the countryside and then go up to Dublin for a few days like oh, yeah so quick and busy and yeah here, you know where are you from Aaron I'm from Limerick Limerick oh nice yeah, yeah. Limerick's nice yeah are you from the city or uh no the countryside I, I live in the city right now you know yeah Limerick's nice. Actually, you were talking to Carl earlier on. Like, Carl had never been to Limerick. And um, last year in 2020, um, kind of like in between some of the lockdowns, when you were allowed to kind of like travel outside your own county, we went and we drove through Limerick City. And Carl like just couldn't believe he was actually in Limerick. He was like, oh my goodness, you know. So fun fact about Limerick City. Yeah. But years ago, actually, speaking of me wanting to be on shows and stuff like that, there is a radio station down where I'm from called Spin Southwest. Mm-hmm. and they had this like it was for like Miss World or something I don't even know what it was for but they had this thing that they were looking for like Miss Spin Southwest to put forward for the show or whatever and I just put my name forward I don't know why but I actually had like really 
really crippled in like self-esteem issues at the time and I was like really socially awkward and stuff like that and anyway, I put myself forward and we went down to Limerick and stayed in a hotel down there and they had the kind of like pageant I'd never done anything like that I was kicked out after the first round but that was like one of the biggest wins for me and one of the biggest accomplishments at that time for my self-esteem because you know even just putting myself out there that I was like on the stage and stuff with all these like beautiful girls and like all dressed up and Celia Holm and me which is like one of the first Irish supermodels she was kind of like running it and stuff like that and it was just a mad experience so that's my kind of my connection with Limitity was that at that time yeah it's interesting how you know right now I sense confidence but to be in confident at that age is very interesting oh yeah no I have like um like all growing up and stuff like that self like self-esteem issues like self-loathing even like you know it was like that thing massive for me and that's why I was kind of joking earlier as like you know the difference between always wanting to be the star of the show but also being crippled with fear and lack of confidence and stuff like that it was always very like prevalent growing up me like but, you know, I've just done a lot of work on myself, like throughout my teens and, and on through my 20s and stuff like that. So right now I'm definitely in a completely different space than I was. But um, yeah, growing up, that was that was huge for me. So doing things like that, like I'm um, doing the Spin South West and all that sort of stuff, like was huge for me, like massive, massive milestones. Like I, I didn't get past the first round, but it was still like a huge win for me, you know. So, yeah. I, I don't know what it's like for, for a woman, but I'd say confidence is kind of a, a thing that is quite common in fear of as a female in some way you know yeah like you know I suppose going back to what I was saying as well about like these American TV shows like it kind of portray an idyllic life of like you know what it's like to be a young girl or boy or like you know what it's like to be grown up and having the perfect family and you know all this sort of stuff and it's kind of like very middle class kind of and you're constantly comparing yourself to that and thinking like oh that's the way my life should be as well you know and then you're kind of looking at yourself like when you're young you kind of like are trying to find out where do you fit in with the world with people around you and the way that things are like your country's society and culture and everything and it can be a lot on like you know you're trying to decide like where do I sit in this like am I valuable am I not valuable am I wanted am I not wanted all this sort of stuff so you're trying to just make sense of the world through your young brain <laughs> trying to see like you know trying to make sense of it all so you know it's it's something that like everyone goes through it definitely isn't only me like everyone has their own kind of like limiting beliefs and self-doubt and their own kind of like self-beliefs as well so you know, I think it's the norm. I don't think anything that I'm saying anyone else would say that that matter or anything like that. You know, I think everyone has their own story and stuff like that. Yeah, I suppose I just kind of like was always in one hand, always pushing myself and then kind of like regretting that I was pushing myself because I was putting myself into all these weird situations and stuff. So why were you doing this? I don't know. <laughs> I used to always say I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, I don't know, like even, no, I remember doing my leave insert, which is like the main exam here in Ireland. And um, when you're like 17, 18, and I was doing home economics. And one part of that was to do like a sewing kind of thing. Like we're making, I don't know, like blankets or wall hangings or something. And like most people like chose like a simple image or something that they want to do for their, for their project. And for some reason, I decided that I wanted to do three different like Mr men and little miss or whatever they're called I had like three different ones and it was like three times more than what everyone else was doing and I was like thought it was a great idea at the time like I, I suppose a bit of a visionary I was like oh my god this will be amazing but then in the actual doing of it it's like <laughs> so much more than what other people would be doing so I don't know I've just always been prone to just big ideas and you know setting my sights on something that's so beyond where I'm at at that time 
and committing to it and then you know having to pull myself through it <laughs> yeah and the thing when we make it so complicated it's like oh no 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 but yet in your own head it's like i can do it you know yeah definitely yeah it's just you know it's something that like again i would have found as a fault of mine growing up like you know why why do i always do this like why can't i just be normal why can't i just pick something like why do i need to be you know trying to be the star of the show or signing up for these beauty pageants when i don't feel beautiful at all like all these different things like why do i pick things that are more difficult than everyone else like why did i decide like do my leave cert as well i had like one extra subject than everyone else in my year i don't know like i'm just you know i would have like kind of given out myself for that but I suppose in retrospect, I'm just just someone who does always just push myself. You know, I've always just wanted more. Like I've always just seen more for myself. I suppose I don't have the kind of boundaries. You know, I don't like, I don't know. I just see more in my mind's eye than is like bigger than my actual reality, you know, and I don't think that's a bad thing <laughs> now. Like I don't, I think it's great. Like, you know, but you know, it does make for a lot of uncomfortableness um, along the journey. And yet being uncomfortable is part of progressing and it's showing that exactly. I can do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like progression and stuff like that. Like you need to have like big goals to work towards. I don't like the sameness. I'm motivated by change. I'm motivated by like movement and doing different things and stuff like that. And that might come as well, partially for me, moving around a lot as a kid as well. Not that I moved around a lot, but kind of just always up and down to like city life, rural life, and doing different things and stuff like that. I just always was never really in one place, like in my mind or physically. I was just always like doing different things, but like, you know, seeing different visions for myself, like, you know, different things I want to do and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I would say that moving around, kind of bounced around as well, kind of had an impact on you mentally, physically as well, you know? Yeah, I would definitely, I would see myself as like a nomad that like I just... I love traveling like even now like I just absolutely love traveling like we lived in China um so Carl's my husband we lived in China for a couple of years and while we were there we we're just constantly traveling like I want to just like be in different places all the time like always just experiencing that different change and that different experience and you know it was it was funny kind of growing up with that kind of like being in a small rural village whereas people just never left you know it was just kind of like that was just their home and stuff which is perfectly amazing and fine if that's what you want and um, for me I never really related to that because I was always just kind of like seeing myself in different places and, and going different places and going up down to Dublin and you know it was just always um I suppose I always kind of seen myself as a bit of an outsider as well because my mind just would always travel beyond where I was you know so definitely had a big impact on, on who I am. When you finished your leaving cert, did you go off and study or did you um, go and get a job or what? Yeah, so I was actually, I was always working. Um, so from the age of 16, like even I was doing my junior search and I would be doing, so junior cert is kind of the exam before the big exam uh, when you're like 16 and you know I'd be in school nine to four Monday to Friday. Then I paid my own way to do after school study Monday to Thursday. And then I'd also be after after school study, I'd be working six days a week. So four days in, during the weekdays and then I'd have a Thursday evening off and then I'd be working all day Saturday and Sunday. And I've just always been like that. I've always just been like working lots. But after doing my leave insert, I went on and did psychology. So I did a degree in psychology and one year of anthropology and sociology as well with the idea of doing something like um, counselling psychology or something like that growing up. 
I think a lot of people that maybe they like struggle with self-esteem and stuff kind of are interested in we're, we're prone to be interested in other people and in emotions and in behavior and growth and we can be very introspective as well so we're kind of like observing a lot going around us so I think it's a natural progression for people like that to want to do something like psychology or something like where you're kind of like working with people and stuff that's where I started off but then I kind of throughout my degree I kind of like you know was working a lot on myself and stuff like that and you know I was learning a lot about psychology all these different branches of psychology and that kind of like opened my eyes to so many other opportunities and then I actually in my final year of my degree I overcame some fears that I had and one of them was um, exercising so I actually had a fear I was very self-conscious sweating in front of people or making a fool of myself as well so I just never exercised throughout my whole childhood (laughs) I never played any sports had a fear of things flying at me as well so ball sports and stuff I never never did any of those I never ran I didn't do anything in public like that but I started getting really into fitness like in the gym and stuff in my final year so After doing my degree in psychology, I actually um, went on to do fitness and become a personal trainer for a couple of years. And that was more kind of focused on helping people to achieve their goals and their mental health through diet and exercise, like focusing on the positives and achieving goals as opposed to, you know, I started to see counseling psychology as kind of like focused more on the negative. I kind of transitioned into, you know, how can we, you know, improve our self-esteem through diet and exercise and stuff like that. So that's the kind of path I took. And then it just went in multiple directions after that. <laughs> Why did you choose psychology? Just um, something I was always interested in. I was always kind of like psychology or law, psychology or law. And I was kind of like a toss up and I chose psychology. And then I was in psychology my first year. And I was like, should have done law. <laughs> but I probably would have thought the same if I did law. I was like, well, I should have done psychology. But yeah, I was always kind of just a toss up between both. And I'm very glad I did. Like I learned a lot during my degree. I, I haven't gone back and done like a master's or anything yet. It was always something that was kind of on the back of my mind. But I just think with psychology as well, you're kind of, you know, it's so broad. And nearly in psychology, the more life experience that you have, the better. It was never really something like you had to go straight into doing a master's to get whatever. It was kind of like the more life experience you have, the better. So. I was like, right, I'm not going to rush into doing anything. You know, something I'm always open to going back and doing or maybe doing something else. But yeah, I think I just interested in human behavior, interested in helping people. At that time, I suppose the only thing I thought about helping people was like people that were maybe feeling down on themselves or feeling a bit sad or like, you know, helping to pick them up and stuff or help people that are maybe in a less fortunate situation to feel better about themselves. So that was definitely something that I focused on. And it was important for myself as well. I think there was a lot of like self-healing I was trying to do also, but yeah it was really great I'm, I'm really glad and I went to um, a university in Maynooth which is a gorgeous kind of like it's interesting it's kind of like the middle of country life and city life it's more kind of sub- suburban you're, you're very close to Dublin city but you're also like you're not you're not in the city like it's a very kind of like enclosed kind of like more built up version of the village that I grew up in so it was really nice having that kind of like middle ground as well and experiencing that for a few years as well which is great and also you got mm-hmm. to work on yourself as gym and fitness and probably mm-hmm. being this, this amazing instructor and got to understand mm-hmm. why do I sweat and all that. And what's interesting that we focus on ourselves and yet when we focus on ourselves, we're able to help ourselves, help others at the same time. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. 
And that's a lot of like what I would tell people now is that like I'm actually writing a book at the moment. I was doing a bit of it earlier on. It called The Game of Confidence, The Beginner's Guide, Believing in Yourself. And it's all kind of about, you know, to feel confident. It's like all these little things that you can do, like the book goes through like different exercises and stuff that you can do to really focus on being your best self because then you'll feel most confident. That's when you'll be able to contribute the most because if you're constantly contributing everything when you have nothing left to give, like you're, you're running on empty, like, you know, it's only a matter of time before you completely burn out, like, you know, so go ahead and you really like feed yourself the most. And then at that point, then that's where you're going to be your most influential in whatever way that is for you. And that's different for everyone as well. People want to give in different ways as well. So definitely would agree with that, Aaron. Confidence is like swagger, you know, when you're, when you're really calm, people think, you know, that person's cocky or not. It's just they're confident and they have this walk and you can feel it and see it. And, you know, but yet, as I think as Irish people, we, we lack in confidence in some way. You probably see that in your own work, you know? Yeah, like it's all energy, you know, it's a lot of the kind of work that I do is, is related to energy and energetic vibrations and stuff like that. And like, I think that like in Ireland, if you look at generational kind of trauma that been there and stuff like that, like, you know, we were always very simple people. You know, we lived in small villages, lived in life and stuff like that. You know, there was um, depression and stuff in many different forms and everything. But in general, like we've always been very kind, brave nation and we've had a huge influence on the world as a whole like you know there's very few countries you go into and they don't know something that's Irish like Guinness or Cadbury's or whatever it is like you know we've really migrated and made our stamp all across the world really and we're just very simple humble people we can nearly be triggered sometimes by positivity or by confidence with that and I think that's changing I think that like with um the influence of different countries and everything that coming in here like we're starting to kind of pick ourselves up a bit which is fantastic but um yeah I think you know as you said it's something like like you can feel it when someone's confident like you can just you can see it nearly radiate off of them and that would just be all like energy I think it's just kind of like you're on a different energetic vibration and like that's affecting the world around them and that's what you were saying like being your best self really like influence others in different ways and I think the best way that that happens is when you're your own authentic self you, you don't mean to be influencing others. You don't mean to be like, you know, changing the way people feel or feel when you're around, but you just do it naturally because, you know, your energy is just so infectious that it's just having that impact, that butterfly effect on the people around them. So, oh yeah, it's really interesting. When did you come across energy and vibration? A couple of years ago now, particularly in the last, I'd say two to three years, like I've been doing a lot of work on myself for about 15 years now you know like a lot of like intense work on myself in the last 15 years but even at that you know I think us Irish are, can be quite skeptical and genetic and stuff like that I definitely was <laughs> for a lot of it even though I was doing work on myself you know I was still kind of like cynical of different things my mom actually she's big into healing and, and angel cards and reiki and all of that sort of stuff so I kind of grew up with that but I suppose because it was just there I kind of rejected it as well and seen it as stupid you know in the last few years like someone recommended Abraham Hicks to me um, if anyone doesn't know, Abraham Hicks is a woman, uh, sorry, Esther Hicks is a woman um, who, you know, is connected to like a conscious energy, basically. They don't like using the word channel, but like they can, they just talk, it's amazing, just Google them. I don't explain too much, but um, I kind of came across that and it freaked me out a lot, you know, when I got like really weirded out by it. For some reason, I was just kind of like drawn to listen more and more. 
you know, I had to kind of put that cynic side of me to the side and say, regardless of where this information is coming from, just listen to the words and just listen to the information that's being given, like regardless of whether or not Abraham is real or whatever, just listen. And that kind of allowed me to be open to the information. And that's what really, you know, opened my world up to energy and vibration and law of attraction. Like I'd heard of law of attraction and stuff and I kind of got the premise of it. There was something in me that kind of told myself that like, hey, you know, I think it's worth listening to this, even though it freaks you out so much. Um, so I did and I just continued to listen to Abraham. You know, Law of Attraction was on my was on my radar before that I'd heard about it and stuff, but I just couldn't really get behind it. I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool, but didn't really relate to me. But listening to Abraham, I would definitely recommend everyone just gives Abraham Hicks there's so many youtube clips and they're all like 10 to 15 minutes every single morning i listen to abraham and i'm just like you know just starting my day with positive momentum and that's where i really you know connected with energy and energetic vibration and the power of it you know it must have been interesting growing up with a mom who was into all this um at a young age you know it was really interesting because my dad would be quite different as well. He wouldn't really be anti it, but he just wouldn't really take any of it on board. Like he's very old school, like, you know, from the liberties in Dublin and just kind of, you know, um, he's like born in 1936. So he's from a very different time as well. My mom's actually from the 1950s in rural Ireland. So again, completely different time. So they both have completely different backgrounds, completely different personalities and stuff like that hearing my mom going like talking about like reiki and angel cards and and energy and stuff like that you know growing up you just think you know silly and it's not you know it's not cool and it's not accepted and it's not normal and stuff like that and then you know it's only through age you realize how wise your parents actually are um so yeah definitely full props to her for trying throughout all those years i'm sure it did uh it did uh rub off me to some extent for sure um, it just helped me then when I did, when I was ready to, you know, be open to it all. I think, you know, it helped me to kind of have that foundation because, you know, it wasn't completely new to me. Like I'd been hearing about it, even if I wasn't paying attention to it for a long time. So kind of gave me that foundation to stick the information on to, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. It's funny, um, we lived, my family and I lived in Taiwan and my dad had done meditation. I was only like age 13 or 14. Like, Try meditation now. And I was like, yeah, dad, but you know, and then later on in life, I got hooked on meditation. But it's just funny when you're young, it's like, no, no, that's, that's crap. I won't do that. And yeah. Skeptic and all that. But then later in life, you go do it, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I don't know why we we, we rebel against our parents so much. I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't know what I'm... It's funny. Like, I definitely, like, grown up, I'd be like, my God, like, you know, was I adopted? Like, I don't fit into my family at all. Like, you know, I'm so different to everyone. Like, middle child syndrome and stuff like that. And then growing up, I'm like, I'm like the perfect mix of both my parents. Like, I don't know why I ever thought I would have been adopted before. Because I'm definitely, like, from both of them. Like, um, so it's funny. Cara talks about how he met you, but tell us about how, how you met him. Okay, yeah, so, right. So, a few years ago, I had kind of got into a lot of, like, personal development, I suppose, and I'd just become, like, a seminar junkie. I was just one of those people that, like, attended every event. I just ate up all the books. I was, like, listening to all the people. I was just, like, mad about it. And prior to that, as I was saying, like, I always had kind of, like, self-esteem issues and stuff. But even though I had worked with professionals for, like, the mental health side of things, my self-esteem still kind of like very low I'd never really come across like the personal development side of things so I was just like all about it. I was hungry for the information 
And prior to that as well, I'd always been, because I was like, had a low self-esteem. I was kind of one of those like serial monogamers that was always just jumping from one relationship to another and stuff like that. And I kind of t- sought my self-esteem through validation of like the people that I surrounded myself with. It was very like toxic, kind of like, you know, needing to be with friends and needing to be with partners and all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, so it just, it wasn't a healthy way of being. So I had been working a lot on myself and about a year into that, I remember going to this event called Journey. And I remember just sitting there and looking at my future and I was like, Rona, like everything that you want to do, you can do by yourself. Like if you want to have a big family, you can do that by yourself. If you want to travel the world, you can do that by yourself. If you want to build a big business, you can do that by yourself. If you want to do whatever you want to do, you want to live in the sunshine, you can do that by yourself. Like you don't actually need to have someone by your side to do any of that. And I was like, yeah. And it was like, first time I really felt like complete in myself, by myself. I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a badass. <laughs> so I decided like after that, I was going to delete all my social media. And I just wanted the space from everything. I just wanted time on, on my own and stuff like that. So I deleted everything. And then I previous to that had been on like plenty of fish and all these dating sites I was like no just for the habit of scrolling you know I'll open up a plenty of fish account but I'm not going to put anything in my in my bio or anything I'll put one picture on it like that's it no intention of actually meeting anyone I didn't want to meet anyone I was like no like if anyone actually messaged me at that time that I was kind of like even remotely attracted to I just wasn't even replying to them I was just like no 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 not interested don't want to meet anyone this is just you know just scrolling and stuff so up popped this guy called Carl and he had loads of pictures and he was real chatty and stuff like that and he was saying he was an engineer and he was like really really friendly and I was like this guy is probably like never had a girlfriend before like he seems like way too like overly friendly and stuff so it's like I'll just chat to him for the sake of chatting but like had no interest in actually anything happening I was just like this is just a nice way I'm off social media now I'm not really talking to anyone nice way just to fill the time so we were texting for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and eventually I was like, all right, well, I may as well meet up with him. But I know like I wasn't really that interested in it, like may as well just meet up with him because I've been talking to him for so long. And I remember it was the 11th of March 2016 when I had love at first sight. Like I remember just like seeing him for the first time and he just blew me away. Like he was so different. I was always like, I'm a really good judge of character, but he was so different to anything that I had thought. Like he was real charming. He had this kind of like bad boy thing to him. And I was just like, I remember just seeing him and being like, firstly, who are you? And secondly, like, oh no, this guy's going to break my heart. I was just like, this is a really bad thing. But what's funny is, obviously he hasn't. uh, But what's funny is if I had a thought that I would have been interested in him, I wouldn't have even replied to him. I definitely wouldn't have met up with him. Like, you know, it's not what I was looking for. So the positioning and the packaging of how it was, was meant to be that way. Like I was meant to delete all my social media to get onto Plenty of Fish. I was meant to like not think anything was going to happen with Carl to be able to meet up with him. So it's really interesting how the universe provides in different ways and like manufactures scenarios to make things happen. So yeah, we met up then. Carl actually said to me that day, he was like, this will be the last first date that I ever go on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it was. <laughs> so so yeah, we were together and then he went off to Japan. I think he was telling me about like, I'd introduced him to a book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think at that stage, I was kind of testing him a little bit to kind of see like, you know, is he into this sort of stuff? Like, is he open to actually reading the book? Like, what's going to get from it? Stuff like that. And it was very important to me at the time. I was doing a lot of like internal growth and everything. So he went, he listened to the books, he loved them. Um, yeah, like 4th of May, he came back from all his traveling. He asked me to be his girlfriend. 4th of July, two months later, he asked me to be his wife. 
4th of May the following year, so one year after being boyfriend-girlfriend, we got married. It's just been a whirlwind since then, so yeah, he's amazing, like, you know, but it's just, again, as I said, it's just, it's funny how the universe creates these scenarios to bring people together, and as well, I wouldn't have been the person that I am in this relationship had I not gone through all that internal growth. It's like that whole energy thing, it's like, if you are lacking internally, then you're going to look for external um, sources to fill that void within yourself, that brings a lot of, like, toxic, like, undertones into any kind of relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic relationship or whatever. Whereas when you like search to like fill those voids within yourself, then you're you're not looking for that outside of yourself. So I was very strong and solid when I met Carl and that's what he liked about me. Like I wasn't needy or needing him or any of that sort of stuff. Like I was very within myself and then that allowed him to be within his, within himself so we could be ourselves together, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. It just shows you that the work you do internally can be projected out there and reflected back through everything in life at the same time. 100% yeah so that's our love story genie <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whirlwind home yeah you go you know I know it's crazy you know and uh that was 2016 2017 2021 now so five years together and only four years married and you know still feels like yesterday it was funny because like you know everyone's like oh my god you barely know him and like oh, before meeting Carl I would have had that perception of like oh my god anyone who's like even getting engaged before the first two years they're crazy they're loopy and stuff like that but it is just kind of like genuinely when you know you know and like I remember with Carl it was very much just like time is perception we were just keeping saying that it was just like you know one week and one year it's all in your mind at the end of the day you know so yeah it's like you know two months you know seemed like an eternity and four years five years seems like a day so crazy it's interesting how like a relationship can blossom with speed and time but yes you guys have gone and created you know the epic heart club cash flow group it seemed like you really blossomed in the relationship but you're able to build businesses and uh, to bring people to that ultimate state that you were able to work through yourself yeah and I think that's what shows like healthy relationships as well as like when you become your best self by being with that person again whether that's family friends or romantic relationship you know it's it really shows like who's doing the internal work as well because you're not dependent on that other person like you know and you're just whole and strong within yourself and that you're open enough to like spending time on yourself and you know working on yourself and stuff like that and helping the other person to grow within themselves as well like being a rock them but also you know being a rock for yourself as well and you know when you do that then all the different things that you're interested in and, and are important to you will come true like for example at the Cars club like you know that basically the baby of like all the work that we've done <laughs> on ourselves you know it's kind of like accumulated into epic cards club so so definitely it's it's interesting how how everything works and how everything comes together but definitely like you know meeting carl has really solidified a lot within myself as well in terms of like how when you are with the right person it doesn't matter you know how long you've been together or how long you've known each other or like what right or what's wrong by society and stuff like that like you know we spent two years like side by side all day every day in china um and then because of covid we're back in ireland but now carl's over in taiwan will be for six months so you know whether we're beside each other every day or we're at the other side of the world like we're still thriving together you know it's not conditional on certain being together or being apart or him being in a good mood or me being in a bad mood or whatever it's like you know we're both solid in ourselves and within a relationship which allows you to be able to grow 
And also, I think it's important to recognize evolution as well. Like people are constantly growing and changing and who someone was, like who I was five years ago when Carl met me is definitely not the same person that I am now. Vice versa, like Carl's not the same person as first I met five years ago. And, you know, always allowing the other person to grow and to change and not to like have conditions on them. Like, oh, you know, no, you're the person that does this. It's like, well, maybe they're not. Maybe tomorrow they don't want to do that anymore, you know, so allowing that base for evolution as well with people around you I think is so important yeah and it's probably heading up China as well as growing the evolution as well kind of brought a whole new insight to you it's an individual as well you know huge yeah it was total total amazingness totally different I think like as we spoke about at the beginning it's like putting yourself in up like that's a prime example of me <laughs> that's like a, a pure bronism like oh yeah, I want to move abroad. Okay, where will we move? Like to me, going to China was like the most bizarre, craziest place I could have went. That was just a natural, like nothing else would do sort of thing. And I was so ignorant as well. Like I, like in my mind's eye, like China was just like concrete jungle, gray, lee, people everywhere. Like, you know, I just, I don't know why I had this perception of China, but like, I still wanted to go there. I was just like, yeah, that just seems like the place to be. Like, you know, if you want to go somewhere, um, that's the craziest thing. But I went, obviously, with Carl. And, you know, it was just absolutely amazing. And, like, the Chinese people are amazing. And, like, you know, there might be a lot of people, but it's also a big landmass. So it's like China is huge, like, really, 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 really big. So I might have a lot of people, but they're spread out. Like, you know, it's not overly populated, like, at all. And, like, the experiences we have is just exceptional. Like, you know, it just goes to show, like, when you just get out of that comfort zone and become uncomfortable and stuff, what opportunities are, are there for you, you know? Yeah, and like you guys got to go to Singapore and meet mm-hmm. some very interesting people like Robert Suizaki and mm-hmm. you know, you, you really seem to be continuously evolving, educating to help you and your clients become that superhero that we are, you know? Yeah, oh, I just love Robert Kiyosaki. Like he just absolutely like rocked my world. Like he's just a completely just you know, he's one of my heroes for sure. Um, he can be quite controversial. I think like, you know, to to get publicity or to get attention, I think these days you have to be controversial because if you want to be on the big stages or you want your name to be trending or whatever, not that Robert's really like that, but, you know, he has certain soundbite like savers or losers and stuff like that. And, you know, they trigger people because they trigger your internal beliefs of like how things are and stuff. But like when you listen to the messaging behind the sound bites, it's just absolutely exceptional. And his book, Rich That Poor Dad, like completely transformed my life. So when we were able to go to Singapore and see him speak, you know, live and stuff like that, it was just, you know, a dream come true. Like I definitely would love to go see him and, and Esther Hicks as well, Abraham in person you know and just be in their energy you know and just learn from them i think like there's so many exceptional people in this world and to be able to learn from them just there's nothing like it like you know like why not evolve and change we're all doing it anyway you know we're all growing and evolving and changing just by being in this world by being human so it's part of the human condition is to evolve so so yeah just you know embrace it just take it all in find the people that you're interested in you learn from you like and just go learn from them more how did rich dad and poor dad impact you in your life um i suppose for me like i was always a grafter like i was always like working 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 like i always had multiple jobs even the whole time i was in minute like as i mentioned earlier throughout secondary school like no i was you know working in supermarkets i was a babysitter i worked in delis i did everything i could um, all through university I was working not that I even had to work 
didn't necessarily have not that I came from a wealthy family I definitely didn't but you know I definitely didn't have to work as hard as I did like I've always just had a really good work ethic so anything kind of like business investing all that sort of stuff just it's not even that I thought it wasn't for me it just didn't even cross my mind like it wasn't part of my world it wasn't something that anyone that I knew was into like I didn't even think about it you know it wasn't it wasn't on my radar and then reading something like Rich Dad Poor Dad, like I always had kind of like a toxic relationship with money and that like I worked really hard for it and I saved it and I was good at money, but I also didn't really value it because I kind of had this belief that, you know, you were either a money person or you were a people person, but there was no, there was no mix. There was no in between there. It was like one or the other. And I was definitely pro people and I was pro relationships and I was pro experience and all that sort of stuff. So for me, you know, I kind of just seen money as like the opposite of all things good, you know? Even going around to reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, like at these events, I'd been like suggested it for years and never read it. And then when I did read it, like his writing is just so easy to read. It's like, you know, it's so easy. Like you think it's about financial education. It just sounds like really boring and tedious, but like it's so easy to read. It's a story and like the way he writes, it's like he takes the reader on a journey in that like Robert Kiyosaki takes the, especially in Rich Dad Poor Dad, he's speaking from the perspective of him as a kid. So, and he has his rich dad, who's like the entrepreneur and, you know, he's able to in his writing, ask the questions to his rich dad that the reader is thinking. So he's very easily able to subconsciously teach you all these different teachings and stuff. And it's just, it was spectacular. And then I just became a Robert Kiyosaki junkie. <laughs> Started reading like all his books. I'm actually reading one of his books at the moment called Fake, Fake Futures, Fake Asset, Fake Money, Fake News. But um, it's really, really good. Like, and again, so easy to read. Like all of his books have just been so easy to read. He's got like YouTube clips, he has everything. And um, it just opened my eyes up to a completely different world that I didn't even know existed. It wasn't even on my radar. And not only did it exist, I started to understand it. And once I started to understand it, it just became more and more accessible and easy. And you know, everything, everything just changed. He completely evolved my life and brought it into a completely different direction with his teachings. So. It's interesting how it's evolved your life to now be friends with money instead of enemy with money, you know? Mm-hmm. With money? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, money is just energy. Like, that's the way I see it. Like, you know, and there's enough for everyone to go around. Like, I've just really, well, the personal development and stuff that I've done, I've just really realized and recognized that there's abundance and then there's scarcity. And like, when we limit money, then, you know, it's a very scarce way to feel. It's like there's a limited supply. And, you know, if someone has a lot of it, that means other people don't. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, this is the norm for me or this is the norm for my family or this is the norm for the country that I grew up in it's just it's really about like if you go back to law of attraction and stuff it, it just goes into all of it like it's all interconnected and you know what's the point in money being your energy or your enemy what's the point in thinking like it has to be one way or the other actually if you think about it like to really help people like this is one of the things that really brought me around actually about money was having a conversation with someone and I was very like I don't care about money and stuff and they were like okay Brona like you want to help people I was like yeah that's what I want to do I want to help people like okay so imagine like the money that you have right now like how many people can you help and I was like well you know like I can help my friends if they have any like emotional issues or anything like I can help people in different ways and he was like okay cool fair enough that's fair enough like you can do what you can do what you have right now like now imagine you had like x amount of euro coming in every single month or you had like a particular like platform that you were able to like 
have an effect with like actual like decision makers and deal makers and we were able to actually um speak on different stages or speak with certain people and have different kind of like influence in the world like and we had like x amount of resource to be able to do whatever like how many people could you help then and I was like whoa <laughs> I could have a lot of people you know I could do a lot of things like you know so I think that really just opened my mind that like money is just a vehicle it's just a stepping stone to do and what it is that you want to do and if we think of it as a stepping stone as opposed to like an issue our relationship with it definitely changes in epic art club what was your original idea to make it into the way it is right now great question so originally it started off as like right well i'm going to be the coach in it and i would do like regular content it was before like big memberships and coach memberships and stuff came out it was just kind of like a thing that i wanted to do where I was like, you know, you join as a member and then you have access to me through live videos or whatever, like once a week or whatever way I was going to do it. And then it kind of just evolved, like as I was kind of creating it, I was like, oh, well, it'd be really cool if like there I had like, you know, a personal trainer with me or something like that. And then they could focus on fitness because that's obviously a past life of mine. I was a personal trainer. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's important to have like health and fitness. So it's literally, you know, the reason I went into personal training was to improve people's like mental health through diet and exercise. And I'm a big believer of that. So I was like, yeah, what if I get a personal trainer to do it with me? And then I was like, hmm, but what if I get someone who like is really into like money mindset, which is Carl <laughs> in this scenario, right? And I'm like, get someone who's like really into like money mindset and stuff. And, you know, I can do kind of like the the internal growth and everything that we have personal training we money mindset coach and we can bring it all in together and these are obviously things along my journey that's been really important like you know learning about relationship with money learning about health, health and fitness can improve your mental health learning about like inner growth and stuff and it kind of just evolved from there and I was like well what if I take myself out with this scenario altogether and I just get like you know another kind of like inner journey coach of some sort you know, so we had an inner trauma coach. Now we have a positive psychologist in there. I was like, and what if we get someone like yoga or breathing or something to come in as well? So it kind of just evolved into like, you know, how can I make this holistic experience for people where they can like do all of this from there? Like it's in their pocket. It's just like at a time and place that suits them. They're learning from all these incredible coaches and it's all affordable as well, because rather than paying 50 euro a session per coach, you can get them all under one roof for like one monthly fee and make it affordable, make it easy, make it convenient and make it holistic as well. You know, unlike a buffet, like some people might only want to watch the personal trainer, for example, or they might only want to watch the money mindset videos or they might only want to watch yoga or they might want to do a mix match, but they have access to all of it, you know, so that's kind of how how it evolved <laughs> beyond myself I wanted to make sure like it started off I was going to be the coach and then kind of when I took myself out of it I was like this isn't you know about me or anything like there's so many other coaches that can coach and I was like this is beyond me the whole idea so that's how it kind of became what it is now I love it it seems to be impacting on people's lives the way the group mm-hmm. is growing and it's things like that I also like the way the fact you on the Sunday you have someone come on and they share mm-hmm. and it really that people know that they're epic in some way and that's why I like yeah. being epic hearts because we're, we're all heart being people exactly. and we're epic at the same time you know mm-hmm. yeah and you know be epic was kind of like the tagline but that came from a video I did so I was doing a video on epic hearts club and kind of what was coming and stuff like that I just actually kept saying on the live like oh my god it's gonna be epic it's gonna be epic like oh you know this is gonna happen be epic 
I was like, epic, like that's such a good word. And that's where like Epic Hearts Club came out of and the Empaths group, which you're referring to there with the guest speak every Sunday, like that's just a free community. Like, you know, it's just a great place for empaths or people that are heart beings to come together and just have that community and it's on Facebook. And it's just nice, you know, having a guest speaker every Sunday and stuff. And, you know, all the guest speakers are saved. Um, and all the interviews like this interview will be saved in the group as well and like everything's just saved and it's like people can just go on people have said it's like TED Talks like you go on just watch one video after the other after the other it's like a really positive way to just binge <laughs> online you know so yeah it's great it's great like I'm, I'm glad to be the facilitator of these communities and and yeah it just feels good to know that you know you can do this you can create content and you know some people are going to like it and some people aren't going to even know it that it, it exists and that's okay too <laughs> I wonder in everything you've done so far in the self-confidence and not having the confidence, I wonder is that going back to you as an impact in some way where you were feeling people on another level that you weren't aware of in some way? Definitely, 100%. Yeah, I didn't even know that empath was a thing until a couple of years ago. Um, but once I learned what it was, it was like that me, 100%. I am very emotional. I've been very emotional in my life very susceptible to like things around me, like people, situations, environment. I am, you know, sometimes you just walk into a room and you're just like, oh yeah, this feels great. Like, you know, really good energy here. And you just automatically feel confident. And other times you walk into a room and you just don't, like it just doesn't feel right or feels a bit off. Or you meet someone, you're like, oh, I really like them straight off that. And then other times you meet someone, it's just like, no, there's something that's just not connecting here and stuff like that. And just, you know, when you have that like intuition, um, which is how I kind of describe being an empath, you've got like this intuition in a different way you're able to read energies in a different way and there's different types of empaths and stuff but um when you have that you nearly assume that everyone else has that as well um, and they don't and as a child i was just always very sensitive you know just that's kind of where i was like am i adopted or does nobody like me or why don't i fit in or like what's wrong with me because like i was just like overly sensitive more so than the people around me but i just thought that they were the same and i was like why are you being so mean to me even though they weren't being mean but that was just me being sensitive you know that's just kind of like I think everything just kind of being an empath and stuff and there's a lot of people that are empaths that wish that they weren't it's like you know their biggest vulnerability we're actually you know I see it as such a strength it's all about just being able to harness that sensitivity and harness that intuition to be like a skill and a talent that you have like people would pay so much money <laughs> in corporations and stuff to have people that are so in tune with what's going on around them like it's just absolutely incredible to be able to have that but unfortunately if we're not taught how to harness that if we're not like in schools we're definitely not taught how to harness disability that we have you know it can become our biggest vulnerability like we can be walkovers and pushovers and taken for granted and people pleasers and have really weak boundaries like if we can learn how to really connect into ourselves really protect our energy and really like become the best that we can be that we can inspire those around us and just like have really strong boundaries and really strong beliefs in ourselves and stuff like that and beliefs in people around us like we can do so much so so yeah, it's just it's amazing. And that's why I created the Empaths group actually because I was on Facebook and I just put in the word Empaths and like every single group that I joined, it was like a pool of negativity. It was just kind of like that base where there was lots of empaths who were just hurting and they didn't know how to harness what they, what they felt. They're like, oh, well, this person did this to me today or this happened to me today or like, why is this happening? And it was just a lot of like upset and anger. And, and that's totally fine. But like as an empath myself, it was like, I can't be in these energetic environments, even though it's online, it's all energy, right? So 
I was like, I can't find any empath group that's actually around positivity. That's why I created the empaths group and it's just, it took off, you know, it's very much about like positivity, sharing positivity, like help and support each other, meeting more people, like listening to guest speakers and stuff like that. So yeah, I just think it's, it's really important. Like if you are an empath, be able to harness the magic that you have inside yourself. Yeah, I think we're we're like you know, from the X Men, we're mutants, and an empath. I think we all have it because we're all connected in, in an energetic level. But yes, when you harness it, it's like wow, I can feel this, and this happens, and that happens. It's like your spidey sense in some way, you know. <laughs> yeah, so true, and it is. You know, it's 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 a magical skill that we have. Like you know, and some people are empath when it comes to animals. You know, and they just they're Doctor Doolittle, and they're just able to talk to animals, and everything just works out. And some people are not. You know, they could be really into like the environment and nature and stuff like that and you know maybe some people are like super sensitive and they can actually see energetic fields i know people like that like geomancers and stuff like that and then you have people that are just super in tune with other people you know and it's just like they can just tell straight away like someone has a smile on their face but they can just tell that's off or you know they're just really intuitive like that so there's a lot of different versions of it um which is beautiful as well so it's just really and even if you're not an empath, it's the same. It's a message for everyone. Like, you know, there's something within each of us that's magical and amazing. And we need to be able to harness whatever that is, you know, and be that like that's that's our magic and that's our speciality, you know, and just kind of finding what is that and just really harnessing that. That's where all the amazingness comes from in the world. You know, or Gandalf the Grey or whatever character we want to be with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inside us as an energetic being, we're creating magic and we're sensing it regardless of what our abilities are. Yeah, 100%. Jeff Gandalf. He's so cool. Or Merlin, you know? Yeah, for sure. They're definitely the druids and the wizards and stuff are definitely my kind of vibe. Actually, growing up as well, I was really into like Wicca. I don't know why, I just got it in. Maybe Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something got me into it, but um, I was really into like Wicca and stuff and I had, and I still have, I actually have it in my room right now somewhere. Oh yeah, I have it like in my in my drawer. I had like a witch's like box, like a spell box and I'd have like a, a willow tree branch. That was my wand and I had like my chalk and my candles and my little spell book and stuff like that. Like I just, I don't know, I've always just been kind of connected. Like I was, I think I was trying to find, you know, what my connection was, but I've also been very into like, people say that's like paganism or whatever, but I've been really interested in like, you know spirituality and religion as a whole you know i've been on pilgrimages with like catholic churches and priests and stuff and traveled around the world seen lots of different like in china all the buddhism and you know been to like muslim countries and yeah it's just amazing like you know there's so much out there for people on like a spiritual level outside of the realms of reality and stuff like that so it's amazing Brona, if there was one piece of wisdom that you can offer that you've learned or feel or something that keeps coming up to you what would it be yeah, um, anytime I'm answering this, it's always the same answer because no matter like how many different things, like obviously there's so many different things, but like no matter how many different things, it always comes back down to this. And this was actually from a psychotherapist that I had when I was a teenager. And um, when I was in school, I had some night therapy and stuff like that. And he used to always say to me, awareness is key. Awareness is key. Awareness is key. And he was speaking of that from the perspective of like, you know, being aware of like the greatness within yourself, because I obviously had a very bad perception of myself. And he was like, I always see this like beautiful Brona as in like my spirit within me. And I just could not see that at all. So that's kind of like where he was coming from, like being aware of like, you know, the great things in your life. But like, as I've gone through my journey and like gone through all these different experiences and read all these different books and been to all these different events and, you know, talked to all these amazing people and 
created all these amazing things like it's it always comes down to awareness like awareness of yourself and awareness of others awareness of the world and even Robert Kiyosaki you know becoming aware of all the different possibilities and the other side of the coin and just everything like the more aware that you can be of like you know what are your triggers what are your self-beliefs like what are your beliefs you know are they actually your beliefs or are they beliefs that like you adopted from your family or your environment and stuff like that you know question everything like even if things just feel natural it's okay to question it and then decide that like you still believe in that thing like you know just make that decision for yourself like learn more about yourself learn more about others learn more about how the world works and that's the main thing that i would always say to people is like awareness is key like how aware are you of what's going on around you and why you do the things you do and why other people do the things that they do and you know what part of the journey are you on what part of the journey are they on you know that would be the main thing for me yeah if you had a superpower what would it be oh superpower oh that's a good one if i had a superpower what would it be I think that like for me going off like what being important for me like I'd love people to be able to do whatever they want without it having a negative impact on the world. So for example if people wanted to travel which is something that I love to do like that it doesn't have any negative impact on the world like it's not going to affect any countries or cultures or environment or have a negative impact on like carbon emissions or anything like no that would be for me would be really important but like if other people wanted to do different things that like whatever they did it was just always going to be like a positive experience for them not to take away from cuz you get a lot of negative experiences so it's not that but it's like just that people can do things things you know and just enjoy doing the things that they want to do and they have the ability and the resources to be able to do what they want to do like one person has one thing it's not going to take away from anyone else like everyone else can just go and just live life that they want to live and just enjoy it and it's just always going to have like positive impact on the world that's the thing that i would want to be able to give to other people i think i don't know it's a hard question Brona, is there a place where we can find more about you or connect with you and get to evolve and play with you at the same time Yeah, absolutely. So, I suppose our free Facebook group is probably the best one. So, if you're on Facebook, just go Empath with an S, so E M P A T H S, Empaths Connect, Protect, Inspire. So, all about connecting to yourself, protecting your energy and inspiring others. Um, as a byproduct of all of that. So, Empaths Connect, Protect, Inspire is a free Facebook group and as Aaron said, there's free guest speakers every week and, you know, I'm in there all the time and there's an incredible community of people and stuff like that. So, definitely come and join the Empath group and um and yeah, and drop me a message when you're there and let me know that you were listening to this podcast. I'd love to have a chat. Bruna, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast and enjoy this. Thanks so much, Sharon. This is such a cool conversation. We covered so many different areas. It's been awesome. That was so much fun. Thanks so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.